with me and you'll see all the junk we stash behind the curtain there is no word i know in this world that rhymes with curtain i'm fairly certain welcome back everybody to another behind the curtain I am the lovable Game Master, Spencer Borup, and this week is a very special episode because while Mom is away, the boys will play. I'm joined by, once again, by Philip. Fallacious. Oh, no. <laughs> Fallacious Philip. Fallacious. I don't think you can say that on the radio. Yeah, you can. Uh, define. It's not even a word. No. It's not even a word? No, the word is salacious. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for making me explain my joke and killing the funny in it. <laughs> we just started recording, and this is already not fun. Hey, it sounded naughty, okay? <laughs> Sorry. This episode is already off to a fantastic start. Uh, so this week, we're talking about 23 and 24, because as you all are all aware, we took a trip to the distant land of West Jordan, where we where we visited the magical coffee shop. No, you took oh, that's a trip right. to the magical land of West Jordan, and you left me to rot in my USU courses. Sorry, brother. Not really. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I watched the video and was jealous. And... So if you didn't listen to that one, make sure you listen to it because it's a good one. We met some awesome people. Uh, Chris Newhart, Gwen Newhart, his wife, who's a medium, uh, Nick Bartell, who's a YouTuber, um, and we got off topic a lot with Nick Bartell, but it was the still a lot of warrior. fun. Techno Warriors guy. And we even had a listener, a longtime listener, somebody who's been listening since the very beginning on the the Behind the Curtain with us as well. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Jeffrey. I know you can hear me. <laughs> So it was a lot of fun. So if you haven't listened to Behind the Curtain, the last one, make sure you do because it was a good one. Anyway, like I said, we're going to be talking about episode 23 and 24, the whole encounter within the decaying forest. Uh, so we'll, we'll break it down. We'll go with 23 first and the whole uh, party rift that was going on in episode 23. Uh, I want. I always like to pick Mom's brain and get her thoughts on on the moments, especially the character moments. Uh, so, what were your, what were some of your favorite character moments? I, I know people. Do, I, I might just be insane or like some kind of masochist, but I love interparty conflict. I love it when the PCs all have, or the player characters all have different goals, but they have to f and and agendas, but how they have to overcome those and find a way to work together towards one specific goal. That's mm -hmm. the story goal. And this was an example of they all wanted different things. We all four of our characters have a very have very different sets of beliefs. You've mm -hmm. got um, you've got for uh, the biggest one that came up in this one was Min's thirst for knowledge and mm -hmm. his dedication to protecting any kind of knowledge, good or bad, versus Marcus's more conservative, superstitious, uh, more of his religious background. Where like bad juju should mm -hmm. not be messed with yeah uh explain to the people 
what Min is a part of. I don't think anybody, I don't think we've actually talked about it on the show before. Uh, we have not, but um, the Pathfinder Society, uh, it's a very large, large faction in Galarian. It's stationed in Absalom, uh, where Artrilla, it, that's actually Artrilla's homeland. It's well, in, not her homeland, but she did well, visit there. I thought I thought she said it was like her favorite place. Her, it's her favorite yeah. place, yeah. Like if she could settle down and call one place home, I think it would be Absalom. Mm-hmm. And that's the island at the center of the world. That's Basically. like the center of commerce, mm-hmm. uh, culture, industry, everything big going on in Galarian. It's, it, it starts in Absalom. Mm-hmm. They've got their hand in it. And in the middle of that is the Pathfinder Society, whose job it is to kind of delve into ruins and into uh, places of historical value uh, and you know recover lost knowledge and ancient secrets that kind of thing and there and in that society it's a huge society and they welcome just about everybody so they've got almost as many agendas as they have members uh and there's the groups that are like we need to bring this knowledge out to the world and they're they have noble aspirations there's people that are like there's some things we should just protect and keep away from people and then there's people who join this society for their own ends to gain their own power and get their own foothold uh min is part of a faction of the pathfinder society called the dark archivists and their job specifically is to find dangerous magical artifacts and then take them to the vaults and have them sent to the vaults below the pathfinder lodges where they can be studied and hopefully eventually safely used uh objects like this book that we found Mm -hmm. Um, anything else you want to say about the Pathfinder Society? Uh, they have organized play sessions yes, every week. They do in the real look world. A, yes, look at a yeah in the uh, real world. Mm-hmm. Pathfinder Society is a is a group of organized play that uh supported by Paizo, where awesome venture captains, which is what the higher up people in the Pathfinder Society are called, as venture mm-hmm. captains. You report to a venture captain. Uh, and the venture captains in the real world act as the GMs to these weekly sessions where they just do one-off modules. They have a new module every week, and you level up together. It's very—it's a really great way to get out and meet people mm-hmm. uh, who have this interest. And if you just want to get started and you want to find a fun group of guys or and gals to play with, go to your local gaming store, find out if they have a Pathfinder Society. I think he, I think even at, on Paizo.com, if you go yeah. on, they— do they have mm-hmm. a? Yeah, you can find you can find local stores that do it in Utah. There's one in Logan, Ogden, Salt Lake, and then I want to say Provo. I'm not 100% sure on the fourth one. I think there's four in Utah that 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 run it. So if you're from Utah, those are the for three. I know I know for sure three. I don't know about the fourth one, but if you're ever in Logan, go to this little store. It's a little gaming store. You can. You can almost totally miss it. It's on. It's on Main Street, mm-hmm. uh, towards the what side of town is that on? The uh, it's it's just side? like right. It's it's on the it's on the west side of the street. The west side. Of it's the street. on the west side. Of, yeah, west side of the street. Heading north. South. South. Sorry, <laughs> west side of the street. Heading south. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if you're heading north. It's still west. <laughs> little tiny, little <laughs> tiny shop called Toad and Tricycle. <laughs> yes. And their logo actually is a toad riding a tricycle. Uh-huh. So keep an eye out for that. They have a Pathfinder Society that meets once a week. Mm-hmm. I believe their nights were Thursdays. That might have changed. Yes, it's Thursdays. Thursdays at six. So that's our local local game store that does this Pathfinder Society that we know about. And they are awesome. Yeah, I, I buy all my if I if I if I'm in town and I don't want to buy directly from Paizo.com, I I buy from them. What? 
You traitor. Paizo gets it. Traitor. Paizo gets the money still. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I think that's about it for Pathfinder Society. Another interesting. Is is Min a registered Pathfinder Society character? He is not a registered Pathfinder Society character. That is just part of his background, (laughs) part of his backstory, because I have actually not, uh, apart from our trip to PaizoCon, where I just used a pre gen character. Mm hmm. Uh, I have actually not taken part in any organized play. Um, that's not to say I don't want to. It's just uh, Logan's kind of a far drive for me, and my schedule is a little bit nuts. I'm lucky I can yeah. do the podcast yeah. every week right now. Tis true, brother. I can't drop the podcast. I will not drop the podcast. <laughs> um, so this is for people that know about Pathfinder Society, but did you hear about people selling items on eBay and getting banned from the Pathfinder Society? Oh, snap. So for those of you that don't know, the Venture Captains are allowed to award players special magical items and or like levels or races that aren't normally allowed to be used. And then it's all registered. Like you get a number for that item. You get a number for the race that's not normally allowed to be used or whatever they give you. And it's supposed to be yours. Like you can't, you're not supposed to trade it and you're definitely not supposed to sell it. But people were on eBay selling. They were selling (laughs) these fictional items. And people were actually bidding on them. And get, oh my gosh. People were actually getting money. And they they were saying if, if anybody finds out, if anybody in the society finds out that you're doing this, you'll be banned from the society. Holy. I, yeah, I'm I'm on several Facebook groups. One of them is Pathfinder RPG, and and somebody was like, so, yeah, if you guys are participating in this and your Pathfinder Society finds out that you're doing this, uh, you're not coming back. (laughs) You're in so much (laughs) trouble. so much trouble. Because it's not really about – it's like you're not supposed to make money. You're just supposed to have fun. Yeah. That's the point of going to Pathfinder Society. And you're supposed to get your own magical items and and tell your own story. So – very interesting. <laughs> they got a really fun level up system too. Uh, every three sessions, you let they don't go by XP. Every three sessions you play with your character, that character levels up. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, the, my venture captain told me the at PaizoCon told me kind of the danger zone of when your character is most likely to die mm-hmm. is I think it's like level four through eight when you're mid level and mm-hmm. the CRs are pretty high. And you you might not necessarily be surrounded by high level players like you would when you're level one, and because mm-hmm. uh, level one characters joining people are usually pretty cool. Like protect the newbie. Yeah. <laughs> and once you're mid level, uh, that uh, that grace period is over. Yeah. And you're you're on your own, buddy. Yep. Uh, I hear that the Logan group is actually very crazy. Jeff went up and said that the the venture captain for the Logan group showed up. Full beard, okay. <laughs> full beard, from the from the neck up, the guy looked like a guy. From the neck down, it, it got questionable. He was wearing a crop top and booty shorts. So that if that gives you any idea about the Logan, the Logan Venture Captain, and the Logan Pathfinder Society, uh, they have a reputation for being very off the for wall, being, very crazy, for being <laughs> really fun, for being very fun. <laughs> So, like, Mom and I have said before that we're that we would love to go and participate sometime, but just working into our schedules uh, is the issue. If we do ever go, we will definitely take lots of pictures with people and and you know talk about the session on a behind the curtain 
and anybody else who decides to go. And if you're like us where you're isolated and you can't really find a group necessarily and mm-hmm. you want to get it started, uh, go on paizo.com, get on the message boards and find out how you can become a venture captain. If that's yeah. something you're interested in, they're always looking for more venture captains. And the venture captains are the coolest people ever. They put so much into this game because they love gaming. Mm-hmm. They love giving a good experience to people who like to game and just they are they're awesome. Yeah. Venture captains are great. Um so yeah. Now that we've derailed the behind the curtain talking about Pathfinder so oh, is that not what we do on behind I thought all we did on behind the curtain was advertise for <laughs> for Paizo. For Paizo. Uh, Free advertising uh, for Paizo. No we we <laughs> talk about the episodes, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh you talked about inner in, inner party conflict and that what was going on there. Uh, and I'm going to take a second, just talk about uh, what I did during the con- the fight that we were having where people were acting. And it, it, it almost got out of hand. Like I had to I had to stop everybody and be like, all right, no, 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 no. There's too much going on. Everybody go ahead and roll for initiative. So I made everybody roll for initiative to see how fast they would act. And who would act first because there was there were just so many different opinions. There were so many different things going on with every character that I had to organize it some way. And you were saying just before we started this that that's a good idea to do. Oh yeah. To do that. Why? What were you saying about oh, it? Oh, that's that's uh, that is that was totally the right call. And I've done that before, and I've seen it done before. Uh, if you're if you've got a group that's really good about role playing that does not want to just go through the motions, they've got their own characters who have their own wants, their own goals, and they're really into that, then they're going to come into certain spots where not everybody agrees, and you know they can talk about it calmly or, depending on the character, like Marcus is kind of a brash, mm-hmm. abrasive dude yeah. where he he just acts first. And that was, and that totally set off the chain reaction. That is absolutely what Marcus would mm-hmm. do. And while men spaced out and kind of not paying attention, yoink! Yeah. My book now. This is uh, I'm making the call right here. And from then on, yeah, that's where initiative is really just who can act the fastest. Mm-hmm. Like in that case, Marcus acted the fastest. He's a Dex character. He's yeah. really quick. He's really fast. And it all depends on. From there, it all depends on the role, on your initiative bonus, on the character you've mm-hmm. built, how fast can they act, and then what do they do in that time. Nobody was going to attack each other, but we were doing things at the expense of someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as like when one of us is lying. We need to roll a bluff check, yeah. and everyone else is entitled to a sense motive check mm-hmm. to find out if we're lying or not. That was just that, – that's how the game is played sometimes. It's been, uh, sometimes you can kind of let things go and let them play out how they will. Uh, but in that instance, everybody was trying to grab, go first. Mom had a spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parad was going to step in. Min yeah. had his hair out. Marcus was backing away and ready to throw the book. Mm-hmm. Roll for that. Yeah. See how that, see how it goes. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on air. Zach Rice made us pause so that he didn't get hate mail in the future. But <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally bringing this up. We had, we had to pause, and he had to ask if it, if he could actually do this, but he was considering setting Min's hair on fire. <laughs> and I had to tell him that my hair, Min's hair, cannot be attacked as a separate creature. You attack Min's hair, you are attacking him. So if his hair takes fire damage, Min takes fire damage. Which would have been hilarious. 
for me anyway. I would have laughed just because I'm heartless <laughs> like that. I'm black hearted. Yes, I'm, I'm you would have yeah. laughed while the while the cute mentally damaged halfling <laughs> burned alive. <laughs> oh, I I I gotta hear it now. What 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 would Min have said if his hair had started on fire? I'm on fire! <laughs> uh, I don't regret any of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just I just thought the whole inner party conflict was very interesting. Um, it's nice to have, you know, somebody somebody come on and talk about stuff like this with me because and, and theorize as well um moving on we'll go on to episode 24 now uh and the fight with the alip i don't know if the if the name of the creature came out on air i don't know if that made the cut or not but they they fought an alip and um do, do you know what alips are uh alip or alip i'm not sure how you say it. i've always said an alip alip i say one alip. sounds better alip okay. alip uh, Alep is a, I've never fought one before, but I know what they are. They are the ghosts of those who die in a state of insanity, mm -hmm. uh, usually from, uh, usually from their, by their own hand. Yeah. And they're usually bound to something or, or a location or something. Yeah. Like mo mm -hmm. most spectral undead mm -hmm. are bound to an object or a place. Mm -hmm. So the, it, it was very creepy. Um, the picture should be up on the website, so if you haven't seen the picture of it, go ahead. And do they also that. drive you insane, like with that wisdom damage? Yes. They their yes. goal is to drive you one insane. One of their one of their special abilities is actually called touch of madness. All it has to do is successfully touch you. So it's just a touch attack. As soon as it successfully touches you, you take one d four points of wisdom damage. And when you drop to zero, uh, you're unconscious. You're unconscious. Yeah. And Probably crazy. I think the only ones that will kill you if you drop to zero are strength and con. Strength Everything and con. else, you're unconscious, or you're you're like you're mind dead basically. You're yeah. unconscious. You're and at a certain point, you lose the ability to speak as well. You be you basically become like an animal. That's uh that would mm. I think that'd be int. Is that int? Yeah, int is like okay because uh -huh. that's what what your languages are based on. Oh yes, you're right. So int, if you get int damage, you would you would drop to the basically the level of an animal. You wouldn't be able to speak. Uh, it's dangerous for spellcasters' wisdom because a lot of their spells are based off of wisdom. A lot of spellcasters, I know wizards in particular. Uh, no, not wizards. Uh, wizards are not wisdom. No, di most of the divine casters are wisdom. Okay, clerics, uh, oh, druids, okay. the, any arcane casters that comes out of except for sorcerers, it comes out of, off of int, int intelligence okay. and sorcerers. Sorcerers are sorcerers and bards are charisma. Charisma. Okay. Their their power comes from their charisma, their force of will, their mm -hmm. just the force of their personality. They they kind of, wizards and witches. They study things, they figure out how things work, and then they tweak them to work in their favor. Sorcerers just kind of make things happen. They out of pure willpower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bards too. Bards too. Every, yeah. Everything a bard does though. Is, <laughs> well, is like mom's mom's note, mom's solid note, which we found out we did the rules wrong for. Her, but yeah, but <laughs> GM discretion. Okay, G GM discretion. <laughs> I I like it. It I sounded it cool. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going <laughs> to use it. So that's that could just that could just be a flavor thing. Like when um, I never actually there are a couple times where I do one of my witch abilities, but I describe it with like that tilt towards Min's time patron where I never actually say what I did like the, uh, there was I don't know which episode I did it in I said that I caused a hiccup in time where uh, our enemy's attack goes wrong that was actually just a misfortune hex 
mm-hmm. with a lot of flavor text on it. Yeah, which is the beauty of a role playing game. Mm. Is, I and I do I do enjoy some good flavor text. <laughs> good old flavor text. Good old flavor text. Um, any other thoughts about the fight in particular? Uh, the fight was terrifying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would I would go. I thought you were a little too nice, actually, as far as the Alip went, how we were all fascinated. And part of that was could have been how Zacharias worded it. It all depends on your variation of what a threatening action is. I've done fights like that where I can I don't consider anything short of an actual attack on that person a, a threatening attack. Like them coming towards you, you're still fascinated by it. You're just watching it in front of you. It's mm-hmm. so cool. And then it rakes you across the face, and you're like, oh, I'm in danger. Yeah, that's actually what it, it said. The, I reread the rules, and it said even if it moves towards something, only a, like an act of attack on that person would break the fascination. If it was attacking somebody else, it would the fascination would still be there. So what we've learned is if it screws over the PCs, it's usually the right one. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever basically. version is worse, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one you want to go for. But yeah, I you know, I, there were so there was so much going on in that combat because like Kendra inexplicably yeah. forgot her spells. Yeah, oh man, that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I I don't remember what spells I can cast. <laughs> I it's been such a long what episode? It was like episode seven when 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 that when I fought with her. Yeah, with Petros. With Petros. I don't even remember any spells apart from Acid Splash, which she did in this fight again. Yeah. She did She did the the Divine Strike or whatever, the touch where you get a natural 20. I forget what the name of that is. True spell. Strike. True Strike. She did True Strike in the other fight, and then she did some a protection spell in the first fight. But other than that. Her spells are very handy. Mm-hmm. As a diviner, she, does, she specializes in divination mm-hmm. magic, which is, you know, seeing the unseen and and uh looking into the future and just foresight and other other mm-hmm. powers like that uh but they're not really built for offense no. Diviners are not built for offensive magic no i think that's i think they're built more for defensive because maybe they can see the future and a little bit or they get glimpses of it yeah. and so they protect certain people spells like detect thoughts yeah. kind of give mm-hmm. you a bonus on, against a certain enemy because mm-hmm. you know what they're thinking so mm-hmm. you know when to move yeah or who to protect, or whatever, yeah. whatever's going on. Um, the 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 Alip though was was fascinating though because you know it it spoke in the in the mumbles and the jitters and just kind of rattled. And so I'd like to think what if if anybody could actually get into the thoughts of creatures like that. What what thoughts would be going through this this Alip? I just picture it screaming. Ah! the whole time yeah. Yeah. there's a there's a ton of creatures that just have really dark thoughts it's not fun to get in their heads uh one of my favorites is the alb an alb is a creature from the shadow plane that does speak common kind of through telepathy but it never actually says anything of value it's just these dark whispers of demented things i picture it like a lot of exorcist type yes. dialogue like <laughs> your mother wanted to kill you when you were born <laughs> and then it and then its head does a 360 and throws yeah, up on itself exactly yeah <laughs> the pea soup comes right out of its, out of its mouth <laughs> except the pea soup in this case is cold fire <laughs> oh dear that's a fun it was a fun it's a fun creature <laughs> so you learn you learn something new every day 
and we and I've learned a lot on this behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. It's been very educational. Uh, out of ten, what would you give this episode? I would give this episode or these two episodes. We're mashing them together because it was a these kind of a two episodes. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a little more critical than mom, so I'm going to give it an eight point five, a solid eight point five. <laughs> I think you're gonna do something like an eight point three seven nine. I'm gonna get really critical. <laughs> Good night. I'm going to school for. <laughs> I'm going to school for elementary education, not math. <laughs> I'm done with that. I'm done with those courses. I will never, ever, ever, ever go back. Um, favorite parts of the episode? Like I said, the just the, the character, just the inner party strike. But I also liked how during that fight, once uh, Kent, I, I think most, once everybody was in danger, but mostly when Kendra was yeah. in danger, we all forgot what our beef was with mm-hmm. each other. Marcus went to protect Kendra. Parad went to protect Kendra. Uh, Min did not care about the book at that point yeah. because that thing was going for Kendra. Like the one common friend that we all have right now that none of us have a problem with, that none of us have disagreements with, that's always been there for us has been Kendra. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I I really enjoyed the whole uh, conflict with Parad and Marcus, how when he handed him the water... He said, you know, my debt's re- been repaid. That was cool, too. It was so cold. It was so cold, but it was very good. It was good. It was very Marcus. It was very Parad. And then and then I liked how Zachary got into Parad's head and his thinking about how, how like, my thinking was, you know, debts are common with bounty hunters. You do the job, that person's in your debt, and until they pay you, they're in your debt, and but uh or unless they pay you up front or whatever and it was interesting for Zachary to say no it was never about a debt i just i just have this respect for Marcus and for whatever reason he's a gentle ball. giant our parade <laughs> our gentle green giant gentle green giant <laughs> uh it, it, i just thought it was very interesting i love it when Zachary gets in in Parade's headspace yeah those so, are those so are some of my what favorite I, what moments. i'm seeing here is uh, Parad and Marcus both mm-hmm. i feel like came into this job sort of with a professional mm-hmm. mindset, like let's do a job, uh, and even though they had some attachment to the professor, mm-hmm. Marcus is still there. He's still professional. Yeah, I've got a debt. I've got a job that needs to be done with some pay. Mm-hmm. And Parad has let it become personal. Personal. Yeah, I think it was always personal, even even from the very beginning. But as time went on. Uh, you, the rest himself, of the party saw how personal it was. Yeah, he, he let himself get more mm-hmm. sentimental as yeah. time went on. Very, very interesting. Um, love what you guys are doing with the characters. Love yeah, it. Fun. <laughs> uh, there, I, I just remembered too something I learned from Paizocon is it's great to be a role player. It's great to really be into your character and have a real character with motivations. But uh, something I learned is it, there is a danger to that too, in that you know. Some, some people get so into their character and so into what they want and what they hope to accomplish that they forget, oh, yeah, we've kind of got to go along with this story, mm-hmm. too. And they forget to build in their character's reason to go along mm-hmm. with the story. These adventure paths are great that they give us kind of an upfront yeah. reason, like Petros is uh, – Pe- we all knew Petros somehow, and mm-hmm. we're at his funeral. Uh, and other adventure paths have, have you create your built-in reasons as well. Some of them in- involve you actually living in the cities that get attacked or, yeah. or you know, being a part of this community or whatever is happening. And, but it's so important, whatever adventure you're on, is 
kind of know where maybe where the story is heading mm-hmm. or the situation and GMs, you know, talk to your players about mm-hmm. it too. Give them do not forget to build your character a reason to take part in the story because mm-hmm. then like it becomes if you're not careful, you kind of fall into this trap of where the players like, well, what about me? What about my mm-hmm. character? And you kind of put pressure on the GM to change the whole story that he has planned for your benefit. Mm-hmm. And that's not fun for him. No. It's not fun for the other players. And it really doesn't end up being any fun for you. No. So on that note, with backstories, uh, you know, when you're writing backstory, I always like to tell people, come up with just a basic outline, just like something something very simple. And then when we begin playing and you start getting ideas and reasons for being here, then start fleshing it out, making it more more personal, have your personal reasons for being a part of the adventure path that's taking place. And and then and sometimes your backstory might never be completely fleshed out. Your character might might die. They might leave the party for whatever reason. But you know, I I, I don't like ha- having things set in stone right at the beginning. And that's what all four of you guys are doing. As we're going along, little things are coming out here and there, and then eventually we get these big story aspects that I can use and 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 involve in the overarching story that is the Carrion Crown and tie in these little little character moments which just make it and make it very personal for the players and that's what that's what you you want to go for and and in my opinion I think that's a sign of a good GM somebody that can incorporate character backstories character wants desires their needs even and and incorporate all of that into an overarching story and an overarching theme as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so, I think you're doing great at that. Too. Oh, well, you're well doing, thank you. You're doing well, lovely. Well, well thank you. <laughs> you're doing lovely. Like everything that has like shaken us up, uh, it, it's been more than just a screaming, uh, a screaming face that's at the door, which is, you know, freaky by itself. But like, you're really good at finding the things that really bother the characters. Yeah. Like, um, our Trilla was so scared of the Piper because I, I felt there was like a similarity there, like how music can mm-hmm. be used and how she she was watching music be used in such an awful way yeah. where she uses music to bring joy to mm-hmm. people and entertain. Um, and then how Min's got this thing going on with Father Charlatan and it's hasn't been explained, but it should be clear by now. Min's got some issues with religion and religious figures in general, particularly people like Father Charlatan. So him just him personally bothers Min, and I no. think you knew that going in. That's why you had Min start having the nightmares about him mm-hmm. versus somebody that the book builds up to be more scary, like the Splatter Man. Yeah, because the Splatter Man would not have frightened Min as much as Father Charlotte mm-hmm. does, or bothered him, or angered him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a bit. Well, I'm makes glad me, you guys. I'm glad you guys think so. <laughs> makes me wonder. Makes me wonder why uh, why Parade and Marcus have. Uh, the Moss Water Marauder and the Lopper for theirs, like how their story ties into. On that note, though, about, you know, things that really mess with the the players, we won't get too much into it, but uh, the whole moment where Parod, for whatever reason, did not use his trusty battle axe and went for that Oh, you know the exact reason. Don't give us that. No? Bessie wasn't hurting Bessie couldn't hurt the Aleph oh. because it was Bessie's a non-magical axe. The Aleph is incorporeal, 
and you need a magical weapon, at least a plus one weapon to hit an incorporeal creature, or nothing happens. I don't think he used Bessie that whole fight, did he? Because no, he knew it wouldn't work. Because he I... ran over, he ran over, oh no, that's right, he did. That was his, he ran over and shook you guys out of your your uh, fascination, and then came back with the hand axe. Oh, great and... champion of the little people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he really and, is the gentle green giant. And then he and then he ran for Kendra because that thing was coming for Kendra. Yeah. Oh. And we've uh, we've fought incorporeal things before. Yes. And he knows Bessie. He knew Bessie wouldn't work, so mm -hmm. he he pulled. He took a chance that these items were magical because mm -hmm. we've detected magic on him already. He took a chance and it worked with a penalty. Yeah. And you'll and we'll get into that more eventually, but. Uh, we're going to learn what all those things do. Yeah, what do. all those things do. I will spellcraft every day until we know what they do. <laughs> so, very exciting stuff on the horizon. Uh, and next, and this Wednesday, we hit a milestone, ladies and gentlemen. Episode, episode 25! 25. I, I'm so excited. Uh, I've said it before. I cannot believe that we've been doing this for so long. Um, I started working on this back in September, getting everything ready. Last September. Last September. So, so it's been a year now. Yeah, for myself. And then we started recording back in, in March or February, late February, early March, something like that. And the rest is history. Yeah, it's and been half a year for us. Yeah. Now we've been, now we're 25 episodes into it and so much Having more to go. A blast. <laughs> So I hope all of you are loving the story. This episode, according to Philip, gets an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I don't rate my episodes because I'm above that. Because they're, so. they're all your children. They're all my children. You can't play favorites with I your can't children. I play favorites. Even though, like I've said, every new episode is my favorite episode. Yeah. I can absolutely <laughs> play favorites with my nieces and nephews. And 25, oh, let me tell you, 25 is a good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, 25 is such a good one. Make sure you tune in for that if you're not caught up. Please get caught up because 25 is such a good episode. We're not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to tease the crap out of you guys. It's fun. It's fun. Um, and then the following Monday, we have a very special behind the curtain planned. Uh, I'm not going to tell you specifics just in case something falls through. But the plan is to be very fun and exciting. So, and we'll we'll. we'll Oh, you're being really tight-lipped about it. I don't even know 25. what's going on that Monday. So, uh, you'll find out. I have no idea what's going <laughs> I'll on. I'll tell you as soon as I hit stop. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, hope you guys have a wonderful week. Make sure you're being creative and gaming. Uh, I will be in California this weekend, and I'm going to go on the Queen Mary Haunted Ooh, Tour yeah. with, with my father. So I'll be sure to take lots of pictures. It's kind of a big frickin' deal. <laughs> and my externship is done, so expect episodes to be a little bit more regular. Uh, no guarantees there because we are still very busy. While but. he starts making that sweet, sweet nursing assistant money and so, <laughs> buys us all awesome equipment. Yeah, we got we. Oh, yeah, the hope is to upgrade these mics eventually. I want one. I want a little lapel mic so that I can walk around and not have to worry about where my head is. Yeah. So that it, so especially that, when you have to pick up your notes. <laughs> exactly. So that you can always hear my lovely voice. My, my lovely dulcet <laughs> tones of our GM. <laughs> On that note, we will see you all on Wednesday. 
Wednesday for episode 25. I love that you do the mm. Richard Nixon thing, even though they can't see you. I do that every week. You Mom even laughs at me. The double peace sign. <laughs> I am a brave mm. game master. I am a brave game master. We love you guys. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye. Come with me and you'll see all the junk we stash behind the curtain. There is no word I know in this world that rhymes with curtain. I'm fairly certain.